A non-ordinary life requires a non-ordinary approach. Welcome to The Seer's Edge. My name is Juliette Trinka, and I'm here as your guide in living the full adventure and abundance that you came here to live. During my 20 years of practicing as a shaman, I've helped thousands of leaders to unlock their full potential and actualize their vision. What I know is that ritual, leadership, magic, and wealth are intrinsically woven together. This podcast is a discovery of living the full mystery of who you are while opening to deeper trust in life than you've ever allowed. Learn how you can make your quantum leap with us at getlifemastery.com. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Seer's Edge. I'm here with April Olson Mata, a world-class coach and a transformation doula for professional women. April, rather than focusing on one point of transition for her clients, she actually has the capacity and the desire to hold them through the whole process. So no matter if they're moving out of a career, into a career, any point in between, she facilitates that transition with magic and love and power. Welcome, April. Thank you. It's so good to be here with you. Yeah. I would love to start just by letting the audience know that what we're going to be doing today is some shamanic dream work. So could you begin by sharing with me a dream that comes forward that feels potent? Yeah, thank you for this question because I had one last night and there's it's it's very different than I've had. It really has um, like three different scenes or elements that it feels like to me. So Okay, so just to walk you through that, it was as if I was in a, it was like in a, a shape of a plane, but it was floating like a boat. Mm-hmm. And um, everything seemed fine. And all of a sudden, the the shape was like the nose of a plane turned into a, like a dinosaur, like a T-Rex. But there were some people we were getting out, like I had gotten out, but others were trapped. So suddenly it felt like frantic. It felt like there was danger. So there was a shift from something just calm and peaceful and normal to a sudden sense of danger. And that was like a scene done. And then I was in a hotel which is interesting because this is a pattern being in a place with a lot of rooms mm. keeps coming up in a lot of dreams over and over. And it was like there was a convention and I was in the lobby. There was like a fountain. And then I saw who I saw somebody from my waking life was really my, my gosh, like my partner in my career prior. I had spent so many years, she was the closest person to me and I saw her and it was so exciting to see her. And I went over to her and it was, I was very distinctly dressed in what felt like a more corporate suit, but like my new version. And the color is really meaningful to me. It was, it was, I mean, it was sort of like that color, 
but even more white, not more like royal blue. Ah, it was royal blue, like really, really vivid. And when I got to her, it was like there was an embrace. And I don't remember a lot of interaction with her, but then I saw others that were from my my past and my where I worked on the team. And they asked, like, how's it going? What are you up to? And I remember just like, I am so good. I'm so good. But there was still like, there was this frequency in that exchange. And I'm not, it was like, either they didn't believe me or I held back because it was, it's so good. (laughs) And they were still there. That it was almost like I floated back to my original spot in that lobby. And then as an authority figure, female, I don't know if she was like an authority figure of the company, but she sort of felt like a fairy godmother also. <laughs> Very specifically, I remember she said, you need to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And she told me exactly how, you know, like, if this happens, then this. And she gave me two examples that I I don't remember the details of. And that was really like, that was the end of the dream or the end of my remembering of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. So nice deep breath. And I invite you to both like to hold simultaneously the question that comes forward for you when you look at this pair of dreams and also the question that is up for you right now in your life, like what for you today is most present that you're wanting to create shift around? Um, I mean, right away, I have an answer to the second question and it's my parenting. Uh Uh-huh. When you look at the pair of dreams, what is the thing that you get curious about? Maybe how are they related or are they? There's like, there's a piece in the first one and the last one that feels like it ties to my kids or parenting. And then the middle was more like need or professional. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a movie that I saw recently, which was amazing called Shotgun Wedding. I don't know if you've seen it. No. I won't digress too much, but it has J-Lo in it. And you know, J-Lo has been like in a thousand romantic comedies that have to do with weddings. But this one is great because like about halfway through some modern day pirates crash the wedding and it's like this totally violent thing. And so it just like breaks that stereotypical movie pattern that she's in. So it's really great. But there is, um, you know, the mother of her husband. And at one point, the mother of her husband says, I'm a mom. I can worry about a lot of things at once, you know, because they're like, you shouldn't be worrying about that right now. You should be worrying about your life. And she's like, I can worry about a lot of things at once. So that's what comes when you talk about having the relationship with your parenting, but also having a space that seems like it's more really just about you. Mm -hmm. And so when you're asking that question, if there's a relationship, you mean a a relationship between the dreams to each other? Or a relationship to what? I guess at first, like, memory of them, they felt, like, so very different. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, have been involved in this work enough to know like, oh, are they? Or, ooh, you know, like. Well, right. I mean, the fact that they all seem so distinct from each other could point to the quality of relationship, that there may be things happening within you and in your life that your subconscious is experiencing is very disconnected from each other. And that's neither good nor bad, but really rests on the quality that you want your life to have. You know, do you like there to be clear designations between different aspects of yourself? Or in this moment, would you prefer that it felt more unified? It feels more true to be unified. Mm -hmm. And is there any way that in practice you do keep things very separate and segmented. I mean, what what's coming up when you were just talking to was not even bringing the parents in. Like that was sort of like in a box, right? Like let's just talk about the professional. So what? Right. It wasn't until, I mean, yesterday <laughs> that it I brought it in. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you did. This is not a trivial thing in conscious leadership. I, I was just reflecting earlier, I met with my team earlier today and it's an all woman team. And so inevitably there's, you know, we spent a little bit of time talking about fingernails, you know, cause one of the women on the team had always had gel nails and just for a variety of reasons, she's like, no, I want to get my nails healthy so that they themselves can be long and beautiful just as they are. And I cherish that so much. Like I I love my team partly because they're geniuses and we create amazing results, but I know that I wouldn't be as satisfied if we didn't also talk about nails and, you know, comment on clothing and and have that really feminine dimension. And so if we look at the broader landscape, I'm curious if you notice this too. It's like people are coming to you for their professional challenges for the most part, but they are not distinct in some way from what we're experiencing in the other realms of our life. It's it's not just about being the good leader, whatever that means, but it's about having a, an exceptional level of wholeness in our in our whole life. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I feel that. I feel that and I've seen that. I feel that I've seen that and yeah, and what I'm seeing, it's like we would talk about a profession but money and there'd be other personal things come up. But as I open the door on my own, you talked about my relationship or my parenting, then those I feel like those doors have opened almost inevitably. If I talk about my relationship, I get on the phone call with the client and it's the thing. Of course. Right? We're we're all yeah. living, breathing mirrors. Yeah, so having that door remain closed. Mm -hmm. And this is really interesting because this is literally what's happening also on my side of things, that there's like a dimension where my husband and I have, like we're both very invested in spiritual growth and there's a way that we bring that into our family, but we've kind of had our own camps, you know? And now we've made this decision that we're going on a retreat to Peru together um, at the end of the year, which is totally new. And so it it is this integration that wasn't there before. Yeah. And what I felt, what I've seen, even not having maybe my relationship or my parenting open until more recently, 
was my clients being able to bring their whole human. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in the corporate world and I've done corporate trainings, but there's a lot more going on. And there's something Absolutely. there's something more maybe pressing or more in the forefront. Exactly. In these exactly. Problems. And it, it actually reminds me of the um approach that they take in my son's school. He's in fifth grade and he's in a Montessori school. And the head teacher in his classroom was very, very clear with us. Like we spent an hour just talking about this, that the way that they run that classroom is understanding that when kids feel emotionally supported, when they feel like all aspects of their being are seen and are important, that actually the schoolwork and the grades take care of themselves, Mm -hmm. which is, I fully agree with it. And even saying that, knowing that this is going to be out in the world feels edgy, Mm -hmm. but they go all in on it. And it has been absolutely true, at at least in our experience with our son. It is um, amazing to have this 11-year-old boy come home and talk about how much he loves their process, how empowered he feels the kind the quality of questions he's asking about himself and us and it is um not different just because we're adults that Mm -hmm. if your different aspects are not being met i'd say there's no chance that you're really living in your full leadership yeah and i've seen that i've seen yeah those words are so helpful to put in context and i've seen that they just yeah you take care and then whatever the professional goal is, it's that it's available. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So where my attention goes now are to some of the places in the dreams where that integration seems to be the most obvious and also the strangest, right? Like the plain turning into a T-Rex head or the nose of the plane turning into a T-Rex head. Can you say more about it? Yeah, just that is a real, that's really strange. I actually turned into a wall T-Rex. Like, oh, it did. Okay. So the whole thing turned into a T-Rex. Yeah. I mean, when I woke up, what I thought was, I mean, my do- my youngest, she thinks she's a dinosaur. So I felt like it was a reference to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, there's like, I'm not getting anything. I just felt like, oh, maybe it's a reference to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said when that happened, there was more of a feeling of chaos and danger. Did I remember that correctly? Yeah, like it had shifted to like some people had to got out of the boat or the plane. They're still in, they're still in the mouths. Like they're still in there. Uh-huh. So I just want to drop in and hold some space for all that you experience about your daughter and yourself in relationship to her because there's some interesting significance of a plane that is actually a boat and a plane that turns into a dinosaur and the danger that is inherent when people can't escape the jaws of a monster. What's coming forward is uh, her personality, her relationship is like, oh, it's calm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, wow, now she's a T-Rex. Like now it's, it's, well, it's, 
escalated or it's not called. Yeah. yeah. So oftentimes when there are airplanes in dreams, it's similar with trains and buses and things like that, but we're talking about the collective consciousness. And so there's the possibility that you are aware that she is a, a vessel of collective consciousness, that she impacts the collective consciousness, whether it's the shared consciousness between you two or your family, or that really what she came here to do is impact the consciousness of the whole. And there's a way that that is um, being experienced as dangerous or unpredictable in certain moments. And she's actually, I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly, she's exploring that in waking life. What is it to be the top dog dangerous monster? Yeah, what comes forward in that is what I hear. Yeah, she can influence the collective of our family. Okay. As, you know, funny and making jokes to, yeah, her being Sophie Rex. Like her being was T-Rex. And actually she calls herself like a uh, kitty Rex. Like she thinks she's a cat and a T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what really starts to come forward for me is like the dynamic of feminine power. How old is she? Four. She's four. Okay. Yeah. So if she's not already inside of it, she's coming up into a really important threshold of initiation and individuation, right? There's something important that happens where we take an evolutionary step in our being around age five, where we start to become more aware of and engaged with the world beyond the family, even though the family and ultimately the self remain the most important things. As we step out into the collective more, as five-year-olds, we also experience different pressures, right? Because for most kids, but not all, this is when we start going to kindergarten, right? So now we're introduced to a system and we're introduced often to, at a minimum, a different kind of structure on our behavior, on our expression, on our ideas. And so it's a pretty major transformation what do you see there? She's always held a very strong um, between her and her sister. Mm-hmm. She's not older or the younger? She's the younger. Okay. So I felt for a really long time she's wanted to differentiate. differentiate. She'll say, like, my sister likes this, so I like that, right? It's not, so I've seen that within within them. It's been very, very strong. We, did, we enrolled her in school, and it lasted a month. Like, it was not a fit. Mm-hmm. My older blood is is going to worry. Like she likes to follow the rules. She's self-motivated, wants to try hard, you know, to to figure out the the sheet. And yeah, Sophia definitely has the energy of no. Mm-hmm. Like unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Do you if you let your awareness open to your own life as a four-year-old or a five-year-old, are there any memories that surface? I feel like when I go back, like I can't really tell or remember what age 
I was when I have memories. What's coming forward is when it's come forward before, I think actually in our, our session, like I, when you asked that, it went back to me being in school mm-hmm. and sitting on a desk playing a game. I think it was probably like a math game. And if you get it right, you stay on your desk. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. I just remember being really paralyzed. Like even if I knew the answer, it was so like, I'd just go blank. Hmm. Like it felt like pressure, it felt embarrassing. Yeah. It's interesting as you're speaking and kind of in that pause as you were locating that memory, I also saw the the opposite, that there may be a way that Sophia has been carrying the collective unconscious. And it's really important at this this threshold of her individuation that she is supported in shedding that. Everybody's got to get out of the T-Rex's mouth. I mean, think about that language, right? That if she's the T-Rex, if that's our theory, that everybody's in her mouth. It's not lost on me that the throat and being able to verbalize and, and speaking all the things is has also been up for you. Can you tell me more? Like my brain isn't like clicking it. Like if she's meant to give up the collective. Yeah, well, I mean, so we're all carrying unconscious pieces and it goes back and forth, right? But so there's a couple different things. First of all, as our kids go through their own individuation and initiation, they take us with them in a way because anything that was not fully transformed, right? Like we have these moments along the human journey that are pretty predictable in terms of, you know, whether you're looking at it from a cognitive perspective or social perspective, where where there is an initiation, although we really have almost zero ways of holding this consciously as a culture, right? We don't have a conscious initiation ceremony that happens at five or at seven or at menses or, you know, like all these super important thresholds. There's usually stuff that doesn't quite make it over. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's undigested material. This is why I'm so passionate about recreating conscious ceremony in our culture and in our personal lives, because that's the vehicle to ensure that the total person makes it across and there's no soul loss. What can happen is we're unconsciously as parents projecting our material onto our kids. And even if we are the best parents in the world, this is just happening. You know, it's our own that's coming up that is erupting in the space between us and them. And they can feel it too, although they might not know it. They they almost certainly don't. They can just feel that like something's happening that is uh, pressure for them. I just get really curious if there's something about how she is expressing that is pulling to the surface the part of you that needs to be able to get everybody else's voice out of your mouth, that needs to say no, that needs to not care about things that you don't actually care about unapologetically, and that potentially is your version of a kitten T-Rex, bringing things together that supposedly don't go together, but for you, they do. Yeah, I see more in that. Yeah. You know, like the the rebel archetype has come up for me. It's like, and it's it's there. But but she just 
Like, it's just her. And my rebel archetype was like, like, I didn't even know it was there because it was like rebelling in a very follow the rules, quiet type of way, Mm -hmm. like alone. Like I'll rebel and I'm simmering simmering under the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll do my, I'm going to go over here and I'll make a decision. I'm going to do it. Exactly. So there's going to be a charge there because whatever parts of you are involved in making sure that your own rebel stays hidden and off to the side and kind of doing her own thing, right? That separation is, is going to get activated big time by Sophia. I get curious if there's a way for you and Sophia to break the rules together. I feel like, yes, like you said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's interesting because my, my older, like such a rule follower, which was I see myself, I see what that does too. It puts you such in a box. So I'll, I will say, can, can you think of a time where it would be good to break the rules? Uh-huh. These girls are going to bring you so much deeper into the depths of the value of knowing the rules and following them to create something amazing and the value of giving all that the middle finger and creating in a completely different way. I just had like a flash to the first 15 years and then I feel like now I could follow the rules and create a lot. Yeah, I could give it the middle finger and create a lot. Exactly. And and now it's like this. Ooh. Because of them. It's it's not a before and after. It's not an either or. It's both. And I really see the possibility that there's certainly a way you could do this as an adult and like we could come up with some things and they would be good. I'm I'm not trying to belittle them by putting on my adult voice. But I think that it might actually be more important for you to allow your inner child to just play with these things instead of making meaning of them in your adult life. Yes, because I go into like, uh, this is what's happening. How do I fix that? And I feel that like it doesn't feel like the right place. And I have felt that I could bring a lot more play or lightness. Yeah. And and into both sides, right? Like it it could even, it doesn't have to be this, but like what comes to mind with your older daughter is baking. Because baking is a place where you actually have to follow the rules. You really do. Like if you want to create the cookie that you're looking for, you have to do it in that order and according to the rules. And that is a way of loving yourself by giving yourself this amazing cookie. And it might be something completely different with your younger daughter where you're like, let's just put our clothes on backwards today. Or maybe you let her decide within parameters you know, how we're going to break the rules. Yeah, that feels, that feels good. That's fun. Yeah. And like to circle back to what we already identified, it's going to impact other areas of your life. Something will open in your leadership, in your business, in your coaching sessions, in your money, in your relationship with your husband, in your health. Like it, it's like a domino effect because they are actually all related. Yeah, I do. I do know that. I've seen it in clients that I just, I've seen it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so now this is so fascinating, right? Is like we created that integration with 
the first dream and now I see the bridge between the first dream and the next dream. Because if that play with your daughters, that integration play with your daughters impacts every area of your life, I would say the second dream seems to be giving clues as to what's coming. I'm not making a connection. So a hotel is a place where you do not live permanently, right? It indicates travel. It indicates movement. It indicates transition. You're no longer home. You're no longer, we could say, home is really our most personal identity, our interior self. So you've left that. You're no longer in that space. You're in a space with limitless possibility because it has so many rooms, so many rooms that you could stay in and try on and experience. And it's much bigger than a house also. So there's all of these qualities of expansion and opportunity and exploration. And inside of that container, you see your past. And it's not lost on me that you specifically said royal blue. Like you corrected me. It's not turquoise. It's a vivid, vibrant royal blue. Mm-hmm. Blue is associated with throat. <laughs> And you're wearing blue and I'm wearing blue, by the way. Interesting, right? Even blue earbuds. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So you you are like literally the vibrancy of the sacred voice. That is how you clothe yourself. It's how you're showing up. It is the identity that you're wearing. And you're so happy to see these people. And you're expressing joy, but you're having the experience of not being believed or fully understood, right? Or fully expressing it. I don't, there's just something there that it's like, yeah, it wasn't a full connection. It wasn't a full experience. Like, was I withholding again? Uh Uh-huh. Or was there just like, we're in such different worlds that it's like, right. How could she just, you know, walk her dog and be great? (laughs) Yes. Not funny. So this is, this is amazing, right? Because First of all, the fact that it's a question rather than a, oh, I was clearly not fully expressing is not trivial, right? There's movement there. That if It could have been totally possible for you to have a dream where it was so obvious that you were withholding. But that's not what's happening here. There's a question. What is really going on? What What is really happening that my past doesn't totally understand my future. So there's a bit of translation that perhaps is being asked for because those people are simply your past. They're all the aspects of yourself that you were intimate with inside of that corporate setting. And you're now embodying a fully expressed voice. And the part of you that is more about the past. So we could say everything that's happening in your life now, because Everything that we see is actually the past. Everything that we know is actually the past. There's an opportunity for greater intimacy, greater understanding, greater communication, greater expression. And that may or may not even be important to you, April, but your subconscious thinks that it's worth you knowing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel that. Like we've been talking about the withholding. So definitely speaking, speaking more speaking different places 
So yeah, and and in the dream, it's clear that there's an effort being made, right? You're speaking in the dream. Mm-hmm. And I I really get curious if there is in that scene an invitation to really go all in because you're in royal blue. You are the throat chakra. You are the voice of truth and love. I also am aware, because I'm not even sure if we've talked about this. I know we've talked about the opportunity to go in through shamanic journey to revisit a dream, right? To essentially receive more information, ask questions, have some dialogue. And that's an incredibly useful tool. We can also go in and change a dream and redirect it in the way that we would love for it to go. I don't, especially for everyone who's listening, I don't recommend that as the first course of action because, you know, it's inevitably going to be influenced by our current ego and persona structure. However, the ego and the persona have a right to exist also, and they are connected to our soul. And so there's an experiment that's available to go in and see what happens. Like if you were to go in and express exactly who you are and how much you love your life and how walking your dog creates dollars in your bank account and have them totally understand you and celebrate you. Yeah, as you're talking, it does feel like there's an opportunity. It's like inviting me to practice. Yeah. And even, I mean, you could even call one of those people up and say, I'm literally just calling you to tell you how awesome my life is. Yeah. Have copy date. There you go. Comes out. Perfect. I hope you do that just because of what I know about you. I, I, there are opportunities that come in through that door that probably wouldn't any other way. They just kind of like be sitting there, checking their watch, like do doors not open. So this last piece about the fairy godmother who you identified as a female authority. I really love that, that you have an active association between female authority and magic. I mean, that feels right. Like everything that comes forward is very goddessy, very... Mm -hmm. Now, because of the way the dream unfolded, we know that at least as of last night, you don't feel that you are the magical female authority. She's in the room, but you're not her. Yeah, they were like this. Yeah, that's that's totally what I felt. And I don't even know if you said it that way. No, I felt it that way. No, like she's floating. Yeah. And I was standing on the ground, I guess. Yeah. And I gotta love, I love those dreams. I've had them myself where it's like, you are getting the download, right? Capital T, capital D in specific detail. And then you wake up and you're like, don't remember any of it. <laughs> well, the feeling was like, I raised the question about parenting yesterday. So then I woke up, I was like, well, it. I'm like, oh, well, that was easy. Like I just had a dream and there's an answer. Exactly. How did you feel? when she was communicating these two examples about holding boundaries. I felt light. Like it felt helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sort of that, like, oh, I asked. Wow, there was the answer. So that could be a really interesting playground to feel that there and, and to like get curious about the relationship that exists between 
the places where you're asking a question of, you know, we could say your higher self and just knowing that she's responding and that it has something to do with your relationship with boundaries, but that it's a light thing. It's not a heavy thing. What came up was just more attention, attention to focus, like put more attention and attention and boundaries. I, I also feel presence, right? Because we can't really have intention without presence. Mm-hmm. Or we could have a, a good intention, but it can't really be implemented or enacted unless we're here. Mm-hmm. In waking life, it felt like a collective, like for my family. Yeah. That we're all, it's an intention. We're all trading this. Yeah. Well, there is a soul, right? There are not just souls for individuals, but there are souls for relationships. So your marriage has its own soul and your family has its own soul that is related to each of your souls, but is distinct from them. And so this is another opportunity, right, is to in meditation or journey or prayer, however you want, even in dream to invite that soul into dialogue. Well, what do you know about boundaries, family? So all what what do you want? What do you yearn for? What are your big ideas for all of us? Yeah, I've never heard that and I've never tried anything like that. So oh be there's something there. Yeah, yeah. It's really something. And so it's also to be totally transparent, we've been in our house six months and we haven't reestablished this. You know, we have um our personal altars, we have professional altars, we have ancestor altars, but where we were living previously, we had an altar that was really just for the soul of our home and our family. And this is not uncommon, right? It's very common in many traditions for there to be like a patron saint or something. Yeah. In my husband's, my in-laws, they were still living in Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah. So that could just be another gesture. And what what is so awesome about that is that just to see how my kids would participate. My husband too, it felt super sweet, but you know, there's always just a really special quality when you see children engaging with spirit. Yeah, my oldest is very interested and yeah, activated in that. Yeah. Yeah. So many portals of possibility. Because like I I would actually be curious to see you know, in, in holding that kind of space, if you actually gain access to those memories of the two examples that the fairy godmother shared. It was interesting. I felt like, oh, it's okay. I don't remember. But what were they? Maybe they were really helpful. <laughs> like maybe they were the two. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I think it's both, right? Like, of course, it, I feel like if you needed to remember it, you would have. And also it can be really fun. It can be really fun to unpack those things and sort of court them over the boundary from the subconscious and into the conscious. It's funny, like the visual that comes in right now is sitting on a dock fishing. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I have a lot to create with. This was so fun. Yeah, thank you. It's it's already in practice, the throat chakra, which I've I've actually, when I've done it, like a higher self meditation, mm-hmm. that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing royal blue. Oh. But the fact that in yesterday's coaching session, the thing I didn't want to talk about is my parenting. 
So of course, it's what I dream about it. Of course, it's what the podcast episode's about. Yeah. And it feels so, you know, and it feels way lighter, right? Like the moment you just speak, I don't want to talk about this, like for me. Yeah. But it's, it's really not, it really isn't, doesn't have the energy anymore today. Yeah. I mean, that, thank you for that. It is really true that using our voice deflates the power of the things that we experience as obstacles or blocks or heaviness, even in the Bible, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Our word is God. And when we can voice, everything changes. And so I feel just really, really grateful because um, there, there can be a lot of sticky places for women who are genuinely exponential leaders and who are also called to the path of motherhood and partnership, you know, who have all these wheels in their in their great wheel going at once. And I feel like these kinds of conversations can help to dismantle some of the artificial limitations that we experience. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Anything else you want to voice? To all of our listeners. Gosh, what just came forward when you were saying that was um, what I've already created with it. Like I spoke it yesterday and not only did it come to the dream, but I had a call with Sarah this morning. And it's like, and and just by asking or just by bringing it up, it's like, oh, she reminded me of, you know, part piece of human design and something that felt really true, like an idea there. So it's like, speaking it it was so easy but i didn't want to and it's like i'll figure it out oh yes i'm serious the f word mm-hmm. yeah. there's a couple of them for me figure it out fit it in um and then there's the m which is make it work these these are the grim reaper of freedom and love and joy so yes i love this as well like i don't want to talk about it i'll figure it out now equals i'm just going to talk about it and then everything up easy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Which I just experienced like the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about this thing I don't want to talk about. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.